This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart. Let's talk to Oanda's senior market analyst, Craig Earlham in London. Good afternoon, Craig. Good afternoon. It's been a fairly dramatic last 24 hours with big central bank announcements from the Bank of England and, of course, the Federal Reserve. Let's talk about the Fed first, a 25 basis points increase in their rate. But I think what was more interesting was the contradictory statements from Janet Yellen and Jerome Powell shortly after. Yeah, I think there's a few things to really take away from these events yesterday. There's the kind of expected things up to and including, of course, the the commentary, which could have gone either way. But at least we knew he was going to discuss those topics. The Janet Yellen comments, even though we knew she was speaking, came as quite as a shock what she said about deposit protection, effectively saying there is no plan for a blanket deposit protection. That's a big thing, because when you look at what soothed the markets uh, just under two weeks ago, it was the idea of deposit protection combined with a Fed liquidity program that would enable banks to not be forced to sell their high-quality assets in order to fund any outflows. They would be able to park these at the Fed at par value and loan for up to a year. So the fact that one of the pillars of what has been a little bit more stability in the US banking system over the course of the last couple of weeks has almost not necessarily been removed because there is situations in which the Fed, they said they would provide that uh, insurance, but it's just not widespread. So the fact that one of those pillars has, say, cracked, that is a worrying sign. And we saw the banks, for example, uh, selling off late yesterday on as in response to that. And now it kind of just slightly undermines that stability. So that came as a bit of a negative shock. It may not ultimately turn into anything, but uh, I think it's something that people are going to be paying very close attention to now because now people are going to be looking at the banks or you could imagine that people or institutions will be looking at these banks where they have deposits and trying to determine whether they are systemically important or not, or whether the Fed or the Treasury would deem them systemically important. That's a big decision to make. Then there's what Powell said. And what Powell said, on behalf of the Federal Reserve, is that they don't believe interest rates are going to have to go as high anymore. And the reason is because of the implications of what's happened over the course of the last couple of weeks. Tighter credit conditions, which means less lending and more expensive lending, and as a result, lower inflation and lower growth. So he's effectively saying that the turbulence that we've seen over the last couple of weeks may actually do part of the Fed's job for it. But the problem is this isn't how they wanted things to happen. They didn't want to cause this turmoil in the markets and it's turmoil that could become much bigger if things do continue. It's been contained for now, but it could become potentially become much worse. So it's not something they intended to do. But now also it could lead to slower economy, slightly higher unemployment, maybe even a recession, which just goes to show how seriously they are taking this situation. They did also say that they don't think rates are going to fall this year, which is what the markets have priced in, and the markets are pricing in the rate hike yesterday and the three rate cuts by the end of the year. So the Fed and the markets are still very much at odds. One thing you can take from this is that, and what the Fed alluded to, but what the ECB alluded to, and we'll talk about the Bank of England as well, is that... The outlook is extremely uncertain and until they have all the data to hand it's very hard for them to commit. The one disadvantage that the Fed had is they had to publish a dot plot which shows where policymakers think interest rates are going to go over the next few years. 
So you kind of get a view on where policymakers think it's going, even if they would rather not comment or commit on that. So I imagine things will change over the coming weeks, depending on if we see any further instability in the financial sector. But at this point in time, one message that just came across is that Jerome Powell is concerned and his colleagues are concerned about what's happened to the extent that they have changed their forecast for where the terminal rate will lie. But also, he literally did mention the fact that liquidity is being provided by the Fed and insurance on deposits is being provided as well. So that contradiction that you alluded to between what he and Yellen said could be a potential, not guaranteed, a potential source of concern. And it was bank stocks, wasn't it, that took the brunt of the pain following Janet Yellen's comments. But what was so strange was how her comments roughly coincided with Jay Powell's. Very unusual that you see such big names talk at the same time, more or less, about nearly the same thing and then disagree with each other. Yeah, but it shows also the difficult situation which they're both in because the authorities had to do something just under two weeks ago. They had to do something to stabilise the markets, to prevent bank runs and to try and contain the crisis as best as possible and they came up with this plan. The problem is, in order to provide, and this is what Janet Yellen alluded to yesterday, in order to provide this blanket insurance, it needs congressional approval and it doesn't have full congressional support. And one of the reasons why it doesn't have full congressional support, and it's quite understandable, is that if you offer this kind of blanket insurance, then you've got a moral hazard issue because all of a sudden you're removing some of that risk and you're effectively encouraged risk-taking. And that makes many people within Congress uncomfortable and some staunchly oppose it. So if it needs congressional approval, and it's not something that the Treasury understands at this point in time, they can effectively override, it's not something that when she's in Congress answering these questions that, that she can guarantee. So it's almost her own lawmakers who have created this latest little bit of controversy because of the questions that have been directed towards her, which understandably are fair, but we're talking about a, a situation which is fragile, which is reliant on confidence improving and to some extent this has undermined that. So it's a really strange situation we're seeing unfolding and probably not the last we're going to hear of it. So what effect more generally has this had on markets? We seem to be somewhere in between where we thought we were going to be two weeks ago and then where we were a week ago with the banking crisis, uh, meaning everybody was predicting a pause in rates. Then, of course, uh, new inflation figures have seen a rise in rates. What was the terminal rate that uh, was indicated yesterday? So the terminal rate that was indicated yesterday was around where we are now, maybe one more 25 basis point rate hike. Uh, so really what they're saying is we're at the terminal point. What's interesting though, and what should be encouraging, is just the fact that we are talking about interest rates is a sign that the other issue has abated somewhat. Because this time last week, the conversation was less around interest rates and more around credit suites. And yes, we had the ECB meeting, but you could see that... The ECB, I want to say they took a punt, but you could see that they felt very, very uncomfortable. And now, at this point of this week, you can see that central banks feel a little bit more comfortable to do what they're doing because we've had a few days of relative calm. That may or may not continue. But the fact that we're having more of a discussion of interest rates now and less discussion about banking crises is, I think, a very, or at least a much more positive sign. Where the topic of conversation goes to next is hard to say because... Now it's about gathering data and trying to see where the dangers lie. 
and that's still really hard to do. I think central banks would have been forgiven for pausing, especially the Fed and the Bank of England. But I think the message that they need to convey, again, it's also about messaging. If the Fed had paused yesterday, people would have asked why. Is there something to be concerned about? Is there something you know that we don't know? Because obviously they have greater oversight of these banks. If they pause, what message are they sending to the markets? Are they sending a message that we are trying to provide stability and do what we can? Or are they providing a message of we are concerned that there is greater instability in certain areas of the market and we are trying to alleviate that pressure? So it was really a difficult situation. And so far and we can only judge this with the benefit of hindsight eventually, but so far it looks like the measures that have been taken and the decisions that have been made are working. What of the Bank of England, though, uh, Craig? The head of the Bank of England has already said he's much more hopeful for the UK economy, despite the rise in interest rates yesterday and, of course, those big inflation numbers which made a rate rise inevitable. What do we take from Mr. Bailey, Andrew Bailey? Did it surprise you how positive he was? It did surprise me how positive he was. I mean, it's it, again, it's interesting. We, the three central banks we've discussed, the ECB last week, the Fed yesterday, and the Bank of England today, they were all in really uncomfortable positions, but all for, almost for different reasons. When the ECB met last week, Credit Suisse was looking like it was going to survive with the assistance of the SNB. And uh, and the backstops provided by the government, and then it got bought out of the weekend. But it was still in this, in in this in between spot uh, where we didn't ever really know what was going to happen, and the ECB may or may not have known what was going to happen. The Fed was in an uncomfortable position because it's so incredibly important to the entire financial system. So every decision it makes is incredibly important, and the banking issue started ultimately in the mid-tier U.S. banking system. And the UK was in a really uncomfortable position because a day before the meeting, and they could have been forgiven for pausing today, had the inflation data yesterday not been so terrible. So not only did inflation not fall again for the fourth consecutive month and the core inflation not fall, it rose and it rose significantly. So it really booked a trend. And what Andrew Bailey tried to do today with his colleagues is alleviate some of those concerns. So they raised interest rates by 25 basis points, but then they did talk about the fact that uh, that this could just be a blip in the data effectively. Talked about certain areas which showed high inflation last month that he thinks is not sustainable. Like I think he said retail, for example, saw high levels of inflation and it didn't look like that was a sustainable feature. And he talked about the impact that the new uh, or the extension of the energy price cap, uh, £2,500, uh, will have on inflation and their inflation outlook compared to the February projections, taking, I think he said, around 1% off um, uh, in the near term. And therefore, he's effectively opening the door to ending the tightening cycle, even though inflation has just spiked back above 10%. Because what he's saying is that they believe inflation is still going to fall rapidly over the course of this year. And when you look at the OBR forecast, for example, a couple of weeks ago, they saw inflation at 2.9% by the end of the year. And if the Bank of England's current forecasts align anything like that, then you can understand why, based on current market rates, that they would now look to end the tightening cycle. But they just couldn't do it today because you would be ending a tightening cycle when inflation is 10.4% it just really wouldn't make any sense. And they may have to raise rates again next time, 
unless inflation does start to come down substantially. But I don't think it's expected to come down until later in the second quarter. So it could be an uncomfortable couple of meetings for the Bank of England. And in this week of central bank decisions, we've also had the latest from Switzerland and Turkey. Yeah, I mean, obviously Switzerland was more in focus after events in the Swiss banking sector with UBS buying uh, Credit Suisse, the two largest banks there engaging in a deal, which is quite unusual. And um, the Swiss National Bank is very hawkish for a central bank that doesn't have a major inflation issue. Inflation there is 3.4%, but they stuck with their plan to hike rates by 50 basis points, and they are determined to get inflation down. I found the comments uh, alongside it from uh, Thomas Jordan quite interesting. He said that there is some necessity to continue to tighten monetary policy, but we'll look again in three months. That really very much reminds me of Christine Lagarde's comments, this idea of we still think there's a reason to tighten, but we'll assess it later when we've got more data. So there's a big old caveat that you don't typically get from the central banks. It's usually quite targeted, quite directed. And here it's like, we don't want to say we're not tightening anymore, but we really don't know what we're going to do next. Um, and that seems to be the message that's come from Thomas Jordan as well. The CBRT, uh, the, 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 the Turkish Central Bank, they didn't ra- uh, cut rates. I mean, they obviously didn't raise interest rates. They never raise interest rates these days. Uh, but they didn't cut interest rates on this occasion. So they left uh, the repo rate at 8.5%. Uh, but again, that's it's always a wild ride, and we'll see how that goes. We also heard from the Norges, uh Bank, uh, the Norwegian Central Bank, and they raised rates from 275 to 3%. So lots of central bank activity today, um, uh, of course, and uh, to almost, almost bring an end to what has been another fascinating but honestly quite exhausting week okay craig thanks very much for joining us this afternoon we'll speak to you again soon thanks a lot market insights the market pulse podcast by oanda